Indianapolis. Go drop in. It's the moment y'all been waiting for. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip-hop station. Hot 100.9. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Rodo, coming to you on this Sunday, September 17th, 2023. 57 degrees here in the Circle City. A fall has officially arrived. It's good to be with you here on this Sunday morning. A lot to talk about here on the show. The Indianapolis quality of life is back to give out another round of grants. I want to say it's been about a year since we last talked Uh, about what they're doing to improve the quality of life here in Indianapolis. This is an opportunity for your business, for your organization, whatever that might be, to get some free money. Let me repeat, free money to help make life better here in Indianapolis if it means giving some money to your organization to make that happen. There is a way for you to get those dollars, and we'll tell you how coming up here in just moments and then as i said it is fall and that means football that means circle city classic will be next weekend we've got a preview of everything happening here in the city from the parade to the game that is back and of course the battle of the bands and i just mentioned football i just got an alert this is great news for today's colts game i just got an email from uh, my news director at fox 59 and he says Uh, The company that owns Fox 59 and CBS 4 has come to an agreement with DirecTV uh, to, for now, put the stations back on the air. Uh, They're not at a final deal yet, so they're going to continue. They're going to put the stations back on the air while they negotiate, which means if you have DirecTV today, you can watch uh, the Colts game. You can finally watch some football. So that's a major news that just was emailed about four minutes ago. Um, so great news. Um, Fox 59 and CBS 4 are back on the air. Yay, football. Uh, they're still working at a, a final deal there with uh, DirecTV. But while the negotiations continue, you have your channels back. You have me back tomorrow morning on the morning news. All right. Uh, here on the show today, we're going to talk about how to get you some money. Money, money, money. Everything revolves around money, doesn't it? And to improve life, to improve things, you need a little money. And sometimes you need a little help. Well, there's an organization in town um, that most of you know through their work through the Indianapolis Urban League. But um, we'll tell you more about one of the organizations, for those of you who have never heard of this, that are within um, said organization. Um, but to do that, I'm going to bring on uh, Tony Mason, Dr. Carlin Tishner, Tishner, and Willis Bright. All three gentlemen are on our live line this morning. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Hey, good morning. Good Cameron. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad, Thank you. Glad to have you all. Tony, I want to start with you. Most folks know you from the Indianapolis Urban League, but tell us about this organization that um, is, uh, I guess, spearheading is running the operation of the grants that you guys are getting out. I know you've been on before, but I'm sure there's folks who, who have never heard of such things. Sure, absolutely. And, and Cameron, thank you so much for having us on again. As you know, the Indianapolis African American Quality of Life Initiative started back in 2020. We were funded funded through a $100 million grant from the Lilly Endowment to the National Urban League. And so the Indianapolis Urban League is working in partnership uh, with both the National Urban League as well as the African American Coalition of Indianapolis, which is headed by my good friend, uh, Mr. Willis Bright. And uh, so we have been very, very fortunate uh, to have an amazing team doing this work, also including Alicia Baird and uh, Danica Thomas and, of course, you can hear from both uh, Willis and Dr. Tishner uh, this morning. So this is a pace, this is a place-based grant-making effort that is focused on improving the quality of life for African Americans. Uh, our primary areas of focus are education, employment, health, 
housing, black business development and entrepreneurship, as well as uh, leadership development and capacity building. And so, as you know, the, for those of you who are unaware, the National Urban League has been around for over 100 years with 90 affiliates serving over 300 communities across the country, providing direct services that impact and improve the lives of more than 2 million people uh, per year nationwide. Our Indianapolis Urban League, or shall I say your Indianapolis Urban League, was founded in 1965 uh, as a nonprofit, nonpartisan, interracial, community-based social service and civil rights organization. And so uh, we have been providing services in this community uh, since that time. Most people know us for advocacy, but each and every day we function very much like a community multi-service center with a variety of programs, workforce development, education, health and wellness. Uh, advocacy work, as well as uh, family services. And then, of course, there's the African-American Coalition, which uh, Mr. Bright can can talk to you about. Mr. Bright, good morning, sir. Good morning. Tell glad us. Glad to be on the show. I'm glad to have you back. Tell us about the Indianapolis African-American Coalition. Uh, the Indianapolis African-American uh, Coalition is a group of 20-plus organizations, uh, including the Urban League, uh, Indiana Black Expo, fraternal organizations, concerned clergy, and any number of groups that have come together to try to increase the knowledge and participation of the African-American community in the body politic uh, in a few weeks. We and Radio One and the Recorder will be sponsoring a debate of the mayoral candidates. Mm -hmm. We have been doing activities such as that for almost 20 years. So we are really a coalition of groups that are really trying to improve the quality of life by jointly working with the Indianapolis Urban League and the National Urban League to provide dollars in the support areas that uh, Tony mentioned. So, so, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, in, in one of the things that has come through, has, that has been born through the um, Indianapolis African American Coalition um, has been the Indianapolis African American Quality of Life Initiative. Um, and that has been an opportunity uh, to provide grants. Uh, the initiative was originally funded, is originally funded through a $100 million grant from the Lilly Endowment to the National Urban League. This is something that we've talked about on the show. I want to say this is your third visit back because we're going into the third round. You've probably been on more than that. But in the past year, I want to say it was a year ago that you were on to give out a uh, to tell folks to sign up because you were getting ready to give out a second round of grants. Tell us what has happened in this last year. Who's benefited from um, the grants that have come through Lilly and and down through the Indy Urban League through the initiative? Hey, Dr. So, Tishner, you can uh, talk a little bit about what's happened in terms of some of the groups. Absolutely. Uh, and again, Cameron, thank you for having us. Absolutely. As as Willis and Tony have already alluded to, this is the third round, and over the last uh, few years, we have completed two full rounds of funding. And our first uh, set of, our first opportunity, we really provided folks through a few pillars, education, employment, housing, business entrepreneurship, um, and we also addressed health and wellness with food sovereignty as a focal point. That was our first round, and over the last year, we've been collecting data and learning more about what those organizations were able to do with that initial investment. Our second round focused on similar areas, but we also included leadership and civic engagement, uh, which is one of our sixth pillars. And so we've been investing in organizations across each of the pillars that have been able to articulate their ability their commitment and their sustainability efforts around supporting African-Americans and their quality of life across our six pillars. And, and for any audience member who wants to learn more about those six pillars, you can certainly visit our website at www.iaaqli.org, which details each of our investments as well as the strategies that we focus on and the research we use to tell us what the strategies need to be. And 
so we are now at our third round, um, and we are really working to continue our investments. But at this point, we've contributed over $40 million into the Indianapolis community through nonprofit organizations that have been able to articulate their effort and ability to do the work that we're hoping can be accomplished in our community. What is um, What have been the... Uh, the biggest successes that you guys have had in the first two rounds with uh, just give us a little proof of performance for folks of the the different types of organizations and um, nonprofits, schools, whatever, who have heard this conversation and decided, Hey, we're going to put in for a, um, a grant. We're going to, we're going to put together a proposal because we want to do X, Y, and Z. Who's been the success story so far? So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. chime in, Cameron. We've been very, very fortunate to have to see some amazing work being done, you know, by organizations such as Planner House, and also uh, a number of, of the grantees in the housing development space are doing great work. Uh, Willis and Carlin, and I don't know if we have both that list in front of us, but uh, they come to mind. Uh, also out on the east side with Cafe, doing great work. Uh, in the uh, arts and entrepreneurship area, a group like uh, Gang Gang mm-hmm. that just had Butter had mm-hmm. its last big event that is trying to provide support to uh Black artists, uh, Indiana Black Expo has been supported for some of its business development, as well as the Black Chamber. Uh, those are just a few of the groups that are trying to get resources. The uh, Expo and the uh, Black Chamber are not only providing technical assistance and training, they're also providing some grants to uh, businesses that are trying to serve the uh, African-American community. Uh, Maybe, uh, uh, Carlin, you could also mention a few other groups. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to say this very clearly to to Cameron and and, and everyone listening. You can find out who we've invested in through the website. If you um, go to our grant funding pillar or tab, you will see a couple of areas where you can download round one and round two grantees because I think Willis and Tony would agree we would love to highlight every organization in this conversation because all of them are doing amazing work. Um, A few that come to mind in addition to what Tony and Willis have mentioned is Martin University in the employment space trying to support both the student population and providing child care services to those students so they don't have barriers to accessing their education as well as organizations like Edna Martin Christian Center, which many folks have already um, raised awareness and familiarity with, with the work that they're doing, and then fathers and families. But again, there are so many organizations, over 100 organizations have received investments over the first two rounds, and all of them are doing amazing work in Indianapolis. 317-239-1009, if you have a question about how you can get in the game here to get uh, some of this money, gentlemen, as you get ready to do uh, the third round of um, requests for proposals, uh, what do folks listening need to do or know? Well, first, one of the things we want to tell people about is is the priorities or strategies that we're focused on for this round. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we want to make sure everybody's paying close attention. And as Dr. Tishner has shared, this information can also be found on the website at www.iaaqli.org. And so with that, why don't we do this? Dr. Tishner, why don't you start out with uh, strategy one in the technical skill development and also follow up with health and wellness? And then we'll have Willis come back with housing and leadership and civic engagement. Absolutely. So so for this round, we've decided to focus on, on four pillars in particular. And so you'll hear us talk about each of those four pillars. And so for employment, we focused on technical skill development and employment skills. We continue to see a need to invest in employment and wage increases for black folks in Indianapolis. 
Um, as you all likely know, a report came out that there needs to be a minimum of about $18 per hour for an individual to attempt to have a high quality of life. And we know folks who have children need much more than that. And so we want to invest in uh, organizations, nonprofits who are building technical skill development and employment access so that folks don't reach a ceiling quickly, but they can develop a career and have a long-term career with a salary that is competitive and long-lasting. Um, we're focusing on two subpopulations in that area, heads of household and justice-involved older youth and adults. Then I'll share a little bit about the health and wellness space. I mentioned that over the last two rounds, we focused on health and wellness. Our first round focused on food sovereignty, and the most recent round, we addressed mental health. Mm -hmm. And so in this round, we're actually doing all three together. We saw great investment in the food sovereignty and justice and quality option space initially, but we still believe there's more to do because we know that on average, our community lacks access to healthy, quality, and affordable food options within a walking distance of their communities. So interested in uh, supporting organizations that grow food, but we're also interested in helping people be educated about how to create their own food justice within their community. And then the last two focus areas are really just continuing to address mental health in our community. We are wanting to reduce the stigma. We're, only, we're wanting to increase the pipeline of folks that are serving in our community as licensed clinicians. But we also want to ensure that those who are access points to individuals within community like barbers and beauticians and pastors and, and matriarchs and patriarchs in community have the necessary awareness and skill to connect folks to resources. And the last thing that we've added is really brain health. We're recognizing that in the African-American community, there continues to be an increase in folks who are having brain injuries, as well as folks that have brain deterioration. You might call that Alzheimer's or forms of dementia. Mm -hmm. We need to educate our community around dementia and Alzheimer's, but we also need to provide support to the caregiver in the family who is supporting folks struggling with brain deterioration or some type of brain injury. So if you go to IAAQLI.org, you'll find a page, uh, Grant Funding 3, and it has a list of requests for proposals. Uh, there's a, a section for employment, health and wellness, mental health, health and wellness, food sovereignty, housing and racial equity, and leadership and civic engagement, which are all the things uh, that were just listed there. So you can go and find out, you know, all right, do I fit into which category and, and what the next steps um, should be. While we're on the air, we'll start taking some questions from folks as, as you gentlemen um, go through and, and continue to tell us more. 317-239-1009. Got a couple calls coming in. Uh, let's talk to line one real quick. Good morning. Who's this? Greetings. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, Paul. How are you, sir? Oh, I am well. Uh, Mr. Mason, et cetera. How are you guys doing? Hey, Paul. Uh, Take great care, brother. Well, I got a question. Uh, I'm an individual. Uh, I'm an author, and my material is educational. How do I, or where do I go for a grant uh, if I'm not 501c3? I'm just Joe Blow walking down the street. Where's that information? Where's that grant money for individuals such as myself or anyone else that may not uh, have a 501c3 or or not have an organization, just somebody trying to build their own business, family business, where do we go to get that grant money? Thank you for taking my question. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we, like most foundations and other giving programs, cannot give dollars to individuals except if those individuals are part of an initiative that maybe is being done by a uh, organization that is uh, actually working with artists or working with small business people. For example, we gave money to the, the Black Chamber or the Indiana Black Expo they will be providing technical assistance and training to small business people, to entrepreneurs, 
and they can provide financial assistance to individuals. But the people that are funded by our initiative, IAAQLI, have to be not-for-profit organizations certified by the Internal Revenue And then the programs that they fund may be people who are such as the individual who called. Uh, let me just quickly indicate that in the area of employment, $3 million has been allocated for that area. In the area of uh, health and wellness, $6 million has been allocated. In the two other areas that we are pushing forward in round three, housing and home ownership, which includes dollars to aid uh, housing development groups, and they can work with even for-profit entities to buy land, to buy equipment, to do the things that are necessary for black developers to build housing, especially multifamily housing, uh, $8 million is being allocated in the area of housing and home ownership. And then another area that we will be pushing forward this third round is leadership and civic engagement. We desperately need to begin to have leaders of all ages develop the skills and knowledge to run organizations, whether they're within their churches, whether they're within the community, but particularly to uh, aid folks in developing knowledge of the political process so that we can have more people running for school boards, we can have people running for committees and councils that govern us, and these programs that are leadership development, we want groups that can do that, as well as to address conflict within individuals, within groups. In order to minimize the need for violence, we believe that it's skills for people to learn how to peacefully resolve issues. So part of the grant uh, will be for organizations that can develop the skills to promote that kind of learning and that kind of education both in young people as well as adults, neighbors, as well as uh, friends. So, so let me, so let eight me, so, million for housing and three million for leadership development. So let me ask you. So let's say um, I have an organization called uh, Cameron Neighborhood Services, and in that uh, we have some community programs, and among our community programs is a uh, a leadership class. That's where. In that case, I would want to apply for um, the leadership and civic engagement portion of the RFP, correct? Correct. So that way that my organization, that particular um, uh, class it within my organization can now be funded. Absolutely. Assuming that they uh, have a clear idea of what it is that you in your Cameron leadership program, want to get across to folks that you make it clear which audience that you're going to work with and how you're going to know that the people have developed the skills to be able to effectively lead uh, both this organization as well as the things that they say they will do in the community with their leadership skills. That's the kind of thing that we would be looking for. Uh, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. I just know off the top of my head, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, a couple minutes left in this segment, I know on the top, off the top of my head there have been um, organizations and groups, big and small, that have applied and uh, have received grants. Uh, folks as, as large as um, uh, Indigo, I know they were looking to add a, oh, and I'm going to mess up the title now, but a director, a, a recruitment director. Uh, they were specifically, because they've talked about this on the show, specifically wanting to engage um, members of the uh, Indianapolis minority communities to go get their CDLs and come drive a bus. So they were specific in who they uh, were trying to reach out to, and that fell under the category of 
employment. They're trying to make employment better for people in Indianapolis. Um, I saw I know there was something some school districts had done something because it was helping with, uh, you know, providing after school um, lunches or something. And that was helping with food sovereignty. So I'm just trying to throw out some um, wide examples of. We are organization A, we are trying to do B, and you are providing the C, the cash. Yes, and and Cameron, here's the thing, and we want to make sure we share this with the community. Um, Sometimes people are are confused, worried, or maybe even afraid of going through this process, but it's, it's real simple. Visit the website. Really study the issue areas or strategies and priorities for this round and really think holistically about the work that your organization is doing. Consider who you partner with, collaborate with, and come get this money. Yes, there is accountability that does come with this. And so for everyone in the community, we're we're clear, if you do receive a grant, you're entering into a grant agreement with the National Urban League. Grantees will receive half of the allocation at the beginning of the process and then provided that they're progressing towards goals and that they're in compliance with reporting and all other requirements, then they will eventually receive the second half of the grant award. That's accountability. If you're doing great work, and if you have great partnerships and collaborations, you can do this. You know, if your focus is in the area of the strategies that we're focused on in this round, there will be future rounds as well. We have two, one to two more rounds remaining in the initiative, but we want to make sure that organizations in the community that they apply. Because I know each of us, all three of us, and our other team members, we get approached in the community, and all too often. It's a scenario where someone thought about applying, but they just didn't go through with the process. And as you shared, Cameron, we've had organizations, large and small, apply and uh, receive this funding. Organizations known and unknown receive this funding as well. 317-239-1009. Before we get ready to go, let's take one more call. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Cam. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? As always, Cam, love you and your guests, because I want to make sure that we black people love one another. Everybody should love one another, but I'm specifically going to make sure that we black people love one another. Cam uh, and and guests, uh, I didn't hear the answer all the way to, I I think, Paul's question. Uh, Let me ask this. Are you all still, uh, are you familiar with the Indian, uh, the Urban League Entrepreneurship Program? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, is that still available? Yes. The entrepreneurship program at the Urban League is still available. We're providing training and access to resources uh, to myself, businesses in the community. Myself and my cohorts, there's about 20 of us that went through the program when Stacy was in charge. Uh, we got $5,000 grants to further our business. So, Paul, if you're still listening, try to find out if that program is still available. It takes, I don't know, maybe – six to eight weeks of of going through the program, but myself and 20 other people got $5,000 grants as well as brand-new laptops and training in QuickBooks. Uh, I I don't know how in any other way that an individual could get that money, but if you go through the entrepreneurship program and if that money is available still, I know we got $5,000 grants. Yeah, I'm loving every minute of it. All I right. want to thank Thank you gentleman. so much. Thank you. I want to thank him for calling in and our Urban League a shout out. I do want to clarify that program, the Entrepreneurship Center program, is not funded through funds with the Quality of Life Initiative. But you did hear Mr. Bright share earlier that organizations such as Indiana Black Expo, the Indie Black Chamber, and there are others, including some uh, neighborhood community centers who who also do entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurship training, also have received funds from this initiative to provide those sorts of training and maybe access to resource opportunities. And then, and, and again, much to Paul's question, oftentimes small businesses start 
with investment from friends and families as well. And so you'll have to have a strategy for how you go about those asks. And some pursue corporate sponsorships and receive them too. Uh, Tony, uh, Willis, uh, Carlin, let's uh, give the folks the information on how to contact you beyond uh, this show here. How can people find out more? You've got the website. There's a phone number. Folks can come to the office. What do we do? Yeah, absolutely. So the simplest way is to visit the website, but also we have a direct email, info at iaaqli.org. And real quickly, just want to remind folks, we provide technical assistance. The website Mm. will show you how to get in contact with us. So if you're wondering, how do I even apply? How do I get started? If I have an idea, how do I get feedback? You can come to workshops that we offer. There's already a list available on the website, but we do have a technical assistance workshop, one-to-one opportunity to work with a consultant with your idea on September 26th at the Indianapolis Urban League. So sign up register and we hope that we can help you apply for these dollars and here's what i'll say to anybody who's listening who's even who's thinks maybe they have an idea and but they're not sure what to do because all this sounds intimidating and what is an rfp and a a 501c3 Mm -hmm. and all this apply anyway but reach out reach out to them don't let um your uh don't be in, don't let the intimidation of of not knowing keep you from being the reason that you don't even apply. Don't let that be your no. So reach out because as as they're saying, there are they have people to help you get free money. It, it's not just you know you don't need a whole a whole staff of people and you're on your own, but there are people there to help you craft uh, the proper RFP so that you have the everything that you need because there are requirements have you heard is as that sound fair gentlemen yes uh cameron i think that what you're saying is, is so important to go to the website and look for the request for proposal the request for proposal tells everyone everything that they need to consider if they're going to write a proposal it tells what the target audience is it tells how much you can apply for, because every grant is not the same in terms of the amount that you can apply for. All of that information is in the request for proposal in each of the four areas, employment, health and wellness, housing and home ownership, leadership and civic engagement. Each of those explain what is being required in a proposal that is submitted. And the point that uh, Dr. Tishner just said that on September 25th, if you have started writing a proposal to see whether you think it meets the needs, there's going to be people who will be there to sit down with you to say, well, here's what we think about what you said that you want to do. So uh, please invest the time to look and see the request for proposals, which explicitly lay out almost step by step what you have to do in order to apply in that particular area. $20 million is going to be available across these four areas in round three. $20 million. Y'all better stop playing. Going to get this money. Uh, Willis, Tony, Carlin, thank you so much for coming on the show to let us know that there are opportunities out there. I-A-A-Q-L-I. One more time. I-A-A-Q-L-I.org. That's the website to find out more information. Gentlemen, thank the three of you for coming on the show. I appreciate you so much. Hey, oh, thank you. I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. All right. Still to come here on the show this morning. We're getting you ready for the Circle City Classic. It is next weekend. We have the details on who is going to be doing what, where, and when. We'll tell you where you need to be there as well. You're listening to Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 
Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. Six one seven WTLC and Hot 100.9. This is Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on this Sunday, the 17th of September. Next week, Circle City Classic. Details on that coming up here in just a second. But I wanted to send a shout-out to one of my good friends here in Indianapolis. We brought her on the show when she first debuted here on TV in Indy. Alexis Rogers from Wish TV Channel 8 is leaving us after three years. We had a good party last night at out at Culture. Uh, on the west side and uh, just want to tell Alexis how much she already knows but we love her such a gentle soul such a kind person her and her husband Reggie have been doing long distance he's a sports anchor in Minneapolis and so for the past three years every weekend they've been flying back and forth I've even taken one or two of them to the airport before and uh, she is leaving us to finally go work at the same station as him where she'll be a morning anchor but she has contributed so much to Indianapolis emceeing things feels like every other weekend that she's not traveling uh, to see her husband or if he's not traveling down here. So uh, Alexis Rogers is a huge loss for Indianapolis, but her contributions will last. We're going to hear more from her uh, actually uh, coming up in another week or two about some of the lasting things that she is doing here in Indianapolis. So Alexis, we love you, girl. Thank you for all of your contributions to Indy. You're going to need a bigger coat up there in Minneapolis, but we know you'll be warm because you'll be there with Reggie. All right, let me tell you about some other breaking news in the TV world real quick. I just got an alert from the news director there at Fox 59. We are back on DirecTV. Colts game today. I'm letting you know because this is big news. Uh, we've been blacked out. Football been blacked out all across the country. And as of this morning, there is a tentative deal uh, to put the TV stations back on DirecTV. So Fox 59 and CBS 4 are officially back on cable for now while they continue a permanent deal. So while they negotiate, they're going to put the uh, TV stations back on the air, which is great because there was a Colts game today at 1 o'clock on Fox 59. Lots happening here in Indianapolis uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be busy this weekend, of course, with the Colts. It was busy yesterday uh, with the IU uh, versus uh, Louisville game. I drove uh, bus seven of seven of the IU football players uh, to the game yesterday. I was quiet bus ride back, unfortunately. But uh, Lucas Oil busy this weekend. It's going to be busy next weekend as well because it is time for the Circle City Classic. Indiana Black Expo has been working hard to put this on for you. And just like there is a lot of football there this weekend, there will be football that is back inside of Lucas Oil for the Classic next weekend. To tell us more, Katrina Owens, she is the Vice President of Administration at Indiana Black Expo. She's on our live line right now. Katrina, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself, Cameron? I am good. I'm ready to go back to bed, but I'm good. Oh, so am I. But I am up early for yourself and your viewers and your listeners uh, this morning to talk about classic. I'm so glad you're you're here. Uh, and I will be going to bed right back after the show. I'm going to watch a little, little church on TV this morning. Katrina, uh, when we get ready for next weekend, you got you to get your rest uh, because there's a lot of running around to do in the next seven days. Tell us what you have going on at Classic. All right, great. Well, Circle City Classic, actually, um, activities around it um, start today uh, with the Classic Coordination. Um, so it's a multiple-day, you know, events that lead up to next Saturday. So, yes, the game is back. But before we get to the game, uh, Wednesday, uh, so, again, today is the Coordination. Wednesday, we have the Prayer and Worship and New Beginnings at 7 p.m. Um, then we hop right into Friday. Friday, we're excited to announce our inaugural Talent Day Career Fair. 
um, and why that is important because we're targeting young professionals, um, college students, uh, the both teams and their students and their bands will matriculate through Talent Day. We wanted to expose local uh, businesses and businesses that offer statewide opportunities and some national opportunities uh, to diverse talent. Uh, so we're really excited about that, and that's going to happen inside Lucas Oil Stadium. It is open to those uh, to the public that are uh, young professionals. Uh, we specifically targeted 500 Fortune companies. Uh, companies that's offering internships and careers. They are looking to hire, not just a job fair. This is a career fair. Okay. So we're excited about that. That's going to happen on Friday. The pep rally is happening Friday at 4 p.m., 4 to 6. It's a new location. So if you've ever come to the Circle City Classic Prep Rally, you're used to seeing it on the circle, we will not be on the circle this year. We will be right outside of Lucas Oil Stadium on South Street. Okay. So how awesome is that? So the bands will be right there. Um, and so that's a new location. And then Saturday, as everyone usually is excited about the parade on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. uh, the parade that begins at 10 a.m., right? Um, our Grand Marshal, uh, uh, Trevor Jackson is our uh, Grand Marshal. Um, and then our game that starts at 3 o'clock. So football, again, is back. NCCU, North Carolina Central uh, University and Mississippi Valley. Um, we'll be going head-to-head beginning at 3 o'clock p.m. Um, tickets right now are on sale, but you can get uh, the general admission half off at $10 right now until tomorrow. Um, and if you go to Lucas Oil Stadium, you do not pay the Ticketmaster fees. Hint, you do not pay the Ticketmaster fees if you were to go to t- the Lucas Oil Stadium box office. Um, and so we're really excited about the game. We need everyone to come out and support um, folks wanted the game back. The game is back, but it can only continue to come back if people support it. So we need folks to come out and support it so we can continue to bring the game back. Mm-hmm. So that is a highlight. There you go. Uh, in maybe three breaths of mm-hmm. what's going on this coming week. That was that was <laughs> impressive. Um, the the parade is always one of my favorite things to do. I'm, we'll be walking in the parade uh, as well. Trevor Jackson is the Grand Marshal and. If you don't know who Trevor Jackson is, you actually do know who he is. Um, but look him up. Uh, he's on the show Grownish. You've seen his face. He he sings. He does music. Um, but he's actually from Indianapolis. And we went to the same elementary school. I where It's unclear if it was at the exact same time. But the connection is, if you go into the hallways of Abraham Lincoln Elementary School on the south side of Indianapolis, there's a... Uh, a hall of fame at the elementary school. And in the same picture frame is a picture of me and a picture of Trevor Jackson. Now I dispute the fact that only one of us, and that's really famous, which would be him. Um, I'm famous in select corners of streets in Indianapolis. Um, But he is a true, truly famous. We've, We've been trying to figure it out, but I think I was in the fifth grade and he was in the third grade. We might have gone to school at the exact same time, but um, he could have been my classmate. But either way, we went to the we went to the same school around the same time. But I did not know him, but uh, he is a famous Indianapolis uh, name and face. And so it's really cool that you guys are bringing him back to be Grand Marshal, a real famous person in his own Absolutely. city. What? Right, 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 right here from Indianapolis, as you said. And, and you are definitely a local celebrity here too, to our city. I, so, I, well, thank uh, you. I'll say it in air quotes, but thank you. <laughs> great. The parade starts at 10 a.m. until noon. Uh, you guys got to come out for the parade. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be, but I think it's going to be pretty good uh, next weekend. So what what time do folks need to start getting downtown to get, get the good seats? Because last year was actually a very good parade, good good crowd, too. Sure. I mean, um, in order for the parade, of course, we start, we'll be out there early. We start in wee hours in the morning in terms of setup. But to get a good spot, you know, folks can start, you know, coming down about 9 o'clock. Uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock, and, and, uh, but the parade route begins at North and, um, and, and ends on Meridian Street, so mm-hmm. there's some, the, the route is pretty long. Uh, each, each street has a great spot, no matter where you set up. Down so, Pennsylvania, up Meridian. Yes. 
And then the game is back, which is, as you said, a lot of folks uh, really wanted football back, and it is back. Um, who is uh, – you have the details on who's playing and, and the times on that. Yeah, sure. The game starts at 3 p.m. North Carolina Central University is playing Mississippi Valley. Um, now, these are two uh, teams that Indianapolis and the Classic haven't seen in years. Right, so that's the other feedback, mm-hmm. right? Always bringing the same team. So these are two new teams. Mm-hmm. One has been here, just not in the last 30 years. Not in a long time. The, 30, <laughs> the 39th annual Circle City Classic. Um, and so to bring two fresh teams uh, to Indianapolis this year, we're really excited about that. Both, both schools are extremely excited. They have a huge following. Um, and so they're looking forward to being here. Again, the game starts at 3 p.m. So it's 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And right after the game um, is the tailgate and fan festival. We're kind of extending the times on that. And um, the activation on that uh, is going to be pretty cool and awesome. All I can say is just come on out. Uh, it'll look different than years past. Um, and for those of us that grew up here, it'll be similar to what we saw growing up. So come on out. Uh, next Saturday for sure. And if you're seeking a job or looking to go from any job, better job to a career level job, I definitely expect to see you at Talent Day on Friday. Um, and that's at Local Oil Stadium. Uh, we have parking for $5 for Talent Day attendees. Um, and But it's free to get in, and that begins at 1 o'clock p.m. So tell me more about, about Talent Day for folks who are, are looking for a job. I know the cost is free. Yes. The cost is free. We have 26 employers. Again, many are Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we're touching all industry sectors, technology, education, uh, even media, um, uh, social media, right? Uh, again, computer information technology majors, if you're out there, marketing majors, education um, will have our local, even IPS there. Uh, we'll have Eli Lilly. Um, just to name a few, Eli Lilly is the title sponsor for Talent Day. Um, so all of them actually have positions that they are hiring for. And that was one of the criteria that we had at career level. Um, there's internships available uh, for these current college students uh, seeking internships. Uh, but all these companies are seeking a diverse talent, and um, who better than to produce that than Indiana Black Expo during Circle City Classic? Now, you've got that going on Friday, but but in between the parade and the game, you also have more um, things to do, and that includes uh, the Education Day and College Fair, which is from 11 until 3. Who do you have there? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so that is for that's targeted for middle school and high school students. Um, actually, we partner with uh, more than um, 30 um, youth-related organizations that's going to be bringing their their young people because um, you must have a ticket in order to get in because it's the day of the game. Okay. Um, and so those will be coming in by bus loads to the Education Day um, College Fair. And so we have at least 20 different um, colleges and universities, including NCCU and Mississippi Valley. Uh, that will be in the room to talk about their opportunities at their school. And um, Trevor Jackson, yet again, will come and speak to the young people during Education Day. And if I, if I make a day out of this, if I go to the parade, can I get into the college fair but go back outside to tailgate and then go in for the game? Yes. Um, those that have tickets are able to come in. Um, they will get a stamp, as far as I am aware of. Okay. This, this old stadium um uh, staff, and they'll be able to go in and out. And then, okay, so so on Saturday, you can make a whole day of it. Go to the parade. Parade gets done. Swing over to the Education Day and College Fair if you have your ticket for the game. Then go back outside for a little tailgate um, and fan festival right outside of Lucas Oil Stadium this time. As uh, Katrina was saying, it's not over on the circle. It is right outside this year. And then you can go back inside for the game. I have all that right? Well, that, yes, that is the Fan Fest and Tailgate. And then after the game, we're going to continue to do that. The pep rally is Friday night yes. outside of the stadium, which normally was on the circle. So the pep rally is a new location this year. So it's very important that folks 
understand the pep rally if you're looking for it on Friday, uh, where both bands, both college bands, will be outside to to give us a pregame of the Battle of the Bands on, on South Street Friday evening from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. And then also on Friday, you got Fantasia and Joe coming over to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. That is correct. That is correct. So Fantasia and Joe is Friday night. Um, and then there's a Cabaret Soul Jam and Clues Memorial Hall. So there's a couple of things going on. Um, it's a full weekend. Um, and so everyone should have something to do and come out and get involved. There is a lot to do, um, as I was just kind of trying to keep up with you going through the list, lots of stuff. So you guys, you have things you said starting today. Absolutely. The Circle City Classic Coronation um, is today. Um, and we'll see who the new Miss Circle City Classic will be this evening. Um, so that jumps off today. And then Wednesday, we do our prayer and worship. So again, there's several things that happen throughout the week leading up to, to Saturday. Um, but Friday, uh, a lot more activation happens. Um, and the, the tailgate, I mean, the prep rally on Friday is free, so you can come out there. That's free on South Street. Uh, the Talent Day is free, right? That's during the day. So those that come to the Talent Day at 1 o'clock, they can stick around. They want to stick around. The pep rally starts at 4 p.m. Okay, those things are free. Attending the parade is free. Um, all we're asking is for your support to, you know, get a ticket. Uh, again, they're on sale right now for $10 until in the morning. Um, and then... Um, we we may continue to provide specials throughout the week. Just stay tuned. Um, and But, you know, we want those to come out to the game. And, you know, the best thing of what you said, and you made it so simple, is that it's free. All you got to do is show up. Yes. It's free. So much of it's free, y'all. It's free. It's free. It's free. And not only is it free, you've got some some good names, some good some good people uh, who are who are coming to the city uh, for this one. So make sure that we uh, show up and support and let them know. Um why Indianapolis has a Circle City Classic. Starts with y'all. Starts with us showing up and being there. And we're going to see you there. Katrina Owens, thank you so much. Uh, for more information on uh, the Circle City Classic, the calendar of events is on CircleCityClassic.com. Katrina, thank you so much. Good luck. All right. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are back. Same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8. I think we're going to do a, a Sunday morning of all open lines to catch up with you and i think we're going to have some other information to share details on all of that to come all right coming up here on hot 100.9 brandon's got you for the morning on wtlc the hour of power with al sharpton starts in just seconds i will see you tomorrow morning on cbs4 starting at 5 a.m and on fox 59 starting at 4 a.m. Have a good Sunday.